Welcome, welcome back to HMG Podcast. This is your host, Hashim Ming Garrett. Thank you for joining me again. I want to start by just saying thank you. Thank you, thank you to the people who have subscribed, the people who have been with me um, on this fourth, about six-month journey now, uh, going on six months of my podcast. So whoever you are out there, I do appreciate it. Today, I want to have a conversation about a book that I'm reading. It is called The New Jim Crow, written by Michelle Alexander. And I'm finding this book to be extremely informative. Um, It's really discussing about mass incarceration. And one of the things that is so um, thought provoking about the book is that part of the reason why I needed to get on here and and um, have this conversation um, on YouTube and on 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 the podcast is that you know for so long um, you know most people will look at incarceration as a of poor decision making and choices right and which is true but on a bigger scale one of the things that I'm taking away from reading this book, The New Jim Crow, um, it's been out for about 10 years now, New York Times bestseller, is that it's actually a strategic thing that the government has kind of implemented to help keep black and brown and even poor whites subjugated. And so... Here's something that I want to make sure that we fully are on a, the same page about, right? Here's the here's the number one takeaway is this. When a person becomes incarcerated, yes, we know that they um, have this on their permanent record, right? And so what does that mean? And why is it the new Jim Crow? It's because, yes, a person has a hard time now voting, right? They have difficulties getting a job employment um they may have difficulties getting housing you know when they have to fill out an application to move into an apartment um and they want to find out if you've been a conv- if you've ever been convicted of a crime say yes so they may not get housing um they want to turn their life around and be a productive member of society now they want to further their education they they want to know, okay, have you been convicted of a crime? Um and and different things that are taken away, right? So we talked about employment, we talked about housing, we talked about voting, um, talk about education. And you would say, well, what does why if a, why is it that a person who's incarcerated why does the rest of society need to know that? Right? And so the the question is, or what the book is shining a light on is that it's a systemic societal ploy. So if you think about what Jim Crow was, right? Jim Crow was post-slavery, post-emancipation proclamation, post, um, you know, the Reconstruction era. And so 
this is that Plessy versus Ferguson case um, where basically it came up with the concept of separate but equal, right? We all, like my generation, obviously, we don't really know anything about that, you know, uh, growing up in white water fountains and sitting in the back of the bus. But that's where that, that's all a part of Jim Crow. And you see that it affected all of society, right? Now, again, I want to just make sure that I, I kind of get back on this. And I'm just starting to read this book, but I had to put this show out here, have this conversation is that getting incarcerated truly is based off of the choices that a person makes. I don't want to uh, diminish that. But the the question is, why is it that society needs to be so involved and ingratiated in making sure that this person who was imprisoned has such a difficult time trying to get their life back on track? I'm I'm totally understanding that, you know, the old saying, if you do the crime, you've got to do the time. That part I totally get. Right. But. After the person does their time, why should that affect them from getting housing and jobs and voting, right? And so some people might look at, well, democracy is a big joke and who cares about voting? But the reality is the politicians are the one who makes the laws. So if you can't vote and there are hundreds and, and that's the other component about what the book talks about is that the overwhelming number of people who are incarcerated are brown and black. And so imagine now you have hundreds of thousands of people who have been incarcerated who can't vote and they come home and they have read books. They've been in a law library, some of them, you know, and they come home and say, man, I really want to be a productive member of my community and I see things from the inside and I've been imprisoned, you know, they, they've been physically imprisoned, but they said their minds have been liberated. Now they're thinking differently. They want to do different things and they want to be a catalyst for change. But society says, yeah, well you can't vote and be a part of that change. Why? And when you think about Jim Crow, not only did it talk about sitting in the back of the bus and, um, you know, white separate, you know, uh, water fountains and separate. And it was supposed to be separate, but equal. But the reality is separate, but unequal is the other component was the voting where you couldn't vote if you couldn't pay this tax or you couldn't vote if you didn't know how to, you know, read certain things. And and so there were all of these stipulations back in the Jim Crow era to prevent people from voting. And here it is in the last 30 years with this high rate of mass incarceration. Again, you can't vote. You, so you see the connection, right? And even in slavery, you can't vote. Even in slavery, you have a hard time getting housing. Right? You, I mean, you, a job and housing. You, you can see once you start blinking your eyes and rubbing your face. You're like, whoa, whoa, I'm starting to see a connection here. And so I wanted to just, um, just kind of put that out there. That one voting is important. 
Um, two, for all my young people that are listening, is to say, do not get caught up in that web of getting locked up. Because as most people know, uh, when they do get, in, uh, get, get arrested and they go to court, you know, the first thing that these public defenders are saying, well, just, just cop out. You're going to get probation. Okay, I'm going to go home. Probation. Cool. Probation. But keep in mind, now you have a record. You want to go home? Yeah, I want to go home. No problem. You're going to go home. But now you're going to have a record. Now when you go home, don't forget, you're not going to be able to get a job or it's going to be extremely difficult. Housing, you know, education, voting. But the public defenders, you know, they're not going to have that long conversation. Just say, hey, cop out. Get probation. You're getting parole. Time served. Right. And so all a part of this system. And now, again, as I mentioned, I can't get away from the choices. But when you think about it, um, what about the component of saying, you know, how the, the, the communities are set up? Right. They set up in a certain kind of way where it feels like a person has no choice but to sell drugs because they lack hope. And that's a whole nother topic that I wanted to have with, you know, with all my listeners and all the viewers is we don't ever want to lose hope. And so, yeah, it is decisions and choices that we make. And I know some people might be like, but look at all of these, you know, the, the, the Barack Obamas. And one of the things that I like about what I read in this book is she called like the Barack Obamas, the black exceptionalism, you know, there are always exceptions to the rule. But the statistics and the numbers show that brown and black people are disproportionately um, incarcerated. So, you know, hopefully this is just a conversation to just say, let's have conversations and understand that it is bigger than just the choices, right? So, yeah, you do the crime, you got to do the time, got it. But why do they have to do the time plus, plus not be able to vote? get a job, housing, education, other services. Why that part? I get it. You did the crime, you do the time. But why the extra part? That's the new Jim Crow. And then it in turn has a cyclical effect where now it leads to the recidivism. Meaning that now, of course, all of you know, I'm not, I know I'm preaching to the choir. Many of you already know. But so now when they come home, want to change, can't get a job. Come home, having a hard time getting housing. Want to go to school, but you were convicted of a crime. Now somebody, again, feeling like they have nowhere to turn, but back to the same things that led them to that predicament. And so for all my young people out here, all, all my nephews and my nieces out here, um, I know it is difficult not having dads at home and not having mommy at home or, or you do, but they are preoccupied and all of those other kind of things. So this is just an opportunity to say, listen, make these good choices because one of the benefits of living in America, for an example, is 
there is that ability to mobilize and, and bring yourself up out of poverty with education, you know, with employment and saving and all of those kind of things. So we don't want to hamper our ability to grow because we make these poor decisions that have already been kind of set up to, you know, to make it so that we fail, right? They know that the schools suck. They know that there's high crime in the neighborhood. They understand that dad has already been in jail. This is, you know, this mass incarceration is not a new thing. This has been happening for like the last 30, 40 years. So I'm just encouraging everybody, please pick up a copy of this book, The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. Excellent, excellent read. And, you know, it's just about beginning to have that conversation. Like, why? Why is it that when you, when a, person of color and this is not and I, I don't mean to say person of color because it doesn't just affect people of color I mean poor whites as well right so why is it that when a person is incarcerated that they can't now vote what does one have to do with the other you can start to see well that's the same system that they had in place a hundred years ago don't vote when you were a slave no education you're poor white no education like it's the same thing and even now we live here in America today, 2022, you know, it's still trying to pit people against one another. Really, the reality is sometimes we, we focus on it being a white or black issue, but it's really about the haves and the have nots. That's a whole nother conversation. But again, I just wanted to just say, listen, let's make sure we having conversations with our little ones, our young ones out here, you know, even our adults and, you know, those in different cast and, and society to just say, listen, it's bigger than just the choices. It's bigger than, than bigger than just being a product of your environment and a product of your decisions. It's really about saying, but why that other part? You know, it's like watching somebody get arrested and you go, okay, okay, got it. They did, they did the crime, lock them up. Cool. But you don't have to throw their face on the ground. You don't have to do this. You don't have to, like you can do the job without adding all of the other components. So I just wanted to just say, listen, somebody got to start having these conversations. And so I, I applaud, you know, Miss Michelle Alexander for what she she's done in writing this book. And I'm sure there are many others out here who understand that there's an issue. Um, but it's up to us. We do vote. And so since we do vote, let's get out here and make sure that we are electing people and keeping them accountable to saying, yeah, there are certain issues that need to be addressed. And I'm sure, you know, with with the Father's help in heaven, we mobilize and put this, put something in place. I'm sure, you know, 50, 100 years from now, there'll be something different to try to subjugate and, and oppress, you know, the downtrodden, the people of color and poor people in general, right? And so that's it for today. Why? Why is it that, you know, you can't get a job or it's so difficult to get a job in housing um, in education in the voting? And so, again, uh, thank you for joining me on my channel, HMG Podcast. Listen to it. Follow me on my YouTube channel, Hashem Garrett. Um, and, you know, I've got another book that I'm reading simultaneously with this one. And so... Uh, We'll have a conversation about that. And I'll tell you more about the book, New Jim Crow, as I'm coming, uh, finishing it up. But the next one is um, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. 
And I'm really enjoying that. And so we'll talk about that. And I've got another book that I'm reading um, that I'm wrapping up that I want to have a conversation with you about as well. That's about, um, I won't get into that, but I listen. Thank you so much. And it's been a pleasure. Please stay tuned. Please hit the like and the subscribe button, everybody on YouTube and everybody on the podcast. You know, you can find me on Spotify, Apple, wherever you, you download your podcast. Peace.